Real, a podcast about real people for real people. I wanted to create a space where I share my true feelings and those of my guests about what it's like to live in today's world. The challenges we face and how we deal with them or don't. What about all that stuff that's just not said but should be? You know, the conversations that we really want to have but don't. What do we really think and feel? What about our regrets, dreams that we have and the stuff we should be doing but we don't? Each week, I'll be here talking to real people about real life. This is a very honest look at life and hopefully, by listening, it will help you to have a better understanding of yours. At a young age, Kate had to deal with the fear around her mother's early onset dementia. Trying to navigate her way through this and understand her own feelings threw up a lot of issues and was extremely challenging. Watching her mother's steady decline over the years, constantly worrying about whether her mother had forgotten to do something that was important, led Kate and her sisters to suffer from anxiety and depression later in life. As a result of this, she developed strategies to cope with all that life threw at her. This was a fascinating conversation about life and how to face your challenges, which can be extreme at times. We talked about relationships, the significance of a strong paternal figure, lack of confidence and owning your shit. We delve into emotional connection and the ability to truly understand people, their feelings and navigating your way through this. I truly hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. I got quite neurotic for a while over health. You could only have to talk to my sisters. And I was sort of goes back to my mum, I think. There was an there was a period in there where my, you know, my mum was was it, mum was still alive, and you know declined. She was in a nursing home by then, I think. But I had three friends diagnosed with with cancer, and now thirties. And one of my friends, whose son's a year older than my daughter, she was diagnosed as she gave birth. So she had to have a hysterectomy straight away after giving birth, and could only have one child. So sort of things like that, but it, she was two or three in that age, in, in my thirties, three people I knew within a, within a year had had cancer. Only one died of it, but it threw me absolutely threw me. Mum's situation, she's declining, and so there's that ever presence of dealing with decline. But that I just I got really neurotic. I got neurotic. My my sisters used to say, you know, I I was really got into Good food. I mean, I always eaten well and been a bit neurotic about that anyway. But I did. I got quite obsessed about health and cancer and, you know, can't eat the, you know, no plastic. I've been no plastic for so long now. You know, I don't buy butter in plastic and I'm sure that's transferring. You get cancer from it, you know. So were you not like that at all beforehand? I think I've always had a little bit of a... So there was always a bit of a health... Curiosity, but was and was your mother or father or relative kind of instilled that in you in some way or not? Not really. Dad certainly didn't. Mum, maybe a little bit, and maybe I picked up on Mum's sensing her own fragility, in, especially in teenage years, probably because I was, you know, maybe that's where I picked it up. Yeah, fear. There's a, it's it's a fear thing, and it's probably where you put it. And I put it sort of into health. And did and so how how much did it take over your life? Not the bit where you're friends, but before that. 
I possibly wasn't. Oh, with teeth. My sister said, oh, maybe you're obsessed with your teeth. You're not getting holes in your teeth and you'd always rinse your mouth out. And so I, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that was early. That was sort of in my teens. A girlfriend of mine, not, she was in a horrific car accident, killed her mother and, and she'd lost her eye and she was, you know, fractured skull. I thought she was going to die. And I remember at school, so I was sort of aware. I remember sitting with her at school after she came back and she, she had to have a false eye. She had to try out different ones. And she'd say, Kate, Kate, and I'd go, and she'd say, is that, how's that, how, is, is, it, is it weeping, you know, or is it pussy? And I'd say, oh, no, no, it's okay. So there's that sort of watch, I don't know. I both, maybe I watch and look and, so I, I don't know whether that, I used to think she, she was extraordinarily brave extraordinary she was an extraordinary woman in that way she picked herself up it affected her brother her brother was in the car too but not injured very badly he got diabetes out of it though the shock sort of stuff but he it damaged him for lot. you know he was never you know whereas she just picked herself up and just you know dutch father very regal sort of slightly detached man you know not very emotionally affectionate when mum knew she was something wasn't quite right, she was had lots of health vitamins and different things she would try. And how did she know something wasn't right? Well, was it obvious to just, everyone, or did she just pick it her up? Her memory was going, you know, like little things initially, you know, the milk leaving the, not not leaving the milk bottles out for the milkman, and this, which is we can all do that. I thought, you know, yeah, you know, I think she knew there was other stuff, and it wasn't bad in those teenage years so much but and how old was she how was she when you were a teenager so what was getting close so she's 33 when she me so 50 you know and you've got two you got siblings two sisters yeah and they would be older or younger than younger so she was 38 when she had my younger sister who actually the effect of mum's decline she was still at school she noticed mum wasn't managing the money once a tuck shop so when mum was volunteering. So it's little things she's told me subsequently. Yeah, it's little things like that. So we, for the three of us, there's been, a, we watched. So it's affected all, both my sisters in different ways. And did you talk about it when you were that, when you were in? No, no. I didn't know about that. She told me that much later. But where, at the time you had your own experience, what did you say? Yeah. I just knew mum would forget things a bit. And, and also you could see her worried about herself and not really wishing that, because I remember once my aunt said, oh, you're as bad as mum. Because my grandmother, who was elderly, had had a bit of forgetfulness. But my mum, see, my mum had a massive head injury when she was twen- in her 20s. She died, nearly died from a fractured skull, bled from the ear, you know, bled from the brain. And how did she... How did and she that, recovered. How did, she, how did that happen to her? A car hit her. She was in a laneway in Sydney. A car came out and hit her and she, they thought she was going to die. She was lay like that. This is what I'm told. In those days, no bloody good skull x-rays or anything much. She'd lie, lie like that. Well, she would have been only 20, so that would have been, what was she born in 1918, 30, in the late 30s, so she recovered. So and, God knows what the scarring what, we don't know. And was there a connection between getting dementia and that? Well, they say now, serious head injury. If you have serious head injury when you're young, you've got a risk of earlier dementia. You have. People who've had serious head trauma have a propensity to have maybe getting dementia earlier if they they may not have a history of dementia in the family, so it may not be 
but that because of scarring, if there's scarring on the brain as you age, then your brain's not as elastic and, you know, that's all those sort of things. That's what I've understood anyway. You So you had to deal with whatever you witnessed in your mum that you knew wasn't the same as it had been and it, you could see the difference. Well, you could see mum's anxiety too. But so, she'd forgotten but did, did she forgot Did she get angry then? No, she didn't. She did sometimes, but she didn't change. Her personality never changed. She was quite a gentle person. So what was, what was, how did her anxiety manifest? Well, more, you could just see it in herself, you know. Oh, um, uh, uh, you know, she, yeah, she just, and she'd talk about it a bit. Oh, you know, I've, I've had trouble forgetting, you know, da, 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 da. So you just, I don't know, you just, as kids, as, well, I was, and I wasn't there all the time because I went over, you know, after, you know, I left home at about 21, 20, 20 Oh, no, before 19, I went to a share house just locally. And then I went overseas and I was away till I was 25 or 20. Mum was still all right. She was still functioning. But there were little things. But my, you know, talking to my sisters, you, there were little things that were shown. They didn't, it didn't rock it on. It just took... A steady decline then? Yeah, and early because she was in a nursing home by the time she was 67. And so... What did you, did you then, looking back, mm. worry about how she was when you weren't with her, like going back to your 20s? Were you kind of thinking, No, oh. because Dad was there. And Dad was really, he was, Dad was wonderful. I mean, he looked after Mum for years until he couldn't any longer. And he did it. And then in the end, Mum was quite demented at that stage. She had a urinary tract infection really badly and was rushed off to hospital. We were all going up for Christmas. I had a baby, Muslim Maria was a baby. And she, we just made that decision then that it was too much for dad. He'd, and we'd, he'd, we had people, he paid people to come and he'd have home help. And sometimes the really nice home helpers, he would pay extra privately. And they would stay in iron and talk to mum and just look after. So dad would be able to go, he used to go he used to still do some freelance cartooning, so he'd do his gags and he would get on the ferry and go into Sydney and meet his mates and have a drink and just once a week, you know. And, and so the, 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 the minder would stay with mum. So, yeah, he was really... He, for, for a man of that era, he was extraordinary with mum. You know, he was and do you know why do you think he was like that? Well, he always said, if the shoe was on the other foot, that's the care I would have got. I know the care I would have got. So it's great. So he had enough imagination to see that and care about mum. And it wasn't... Mum was gentle. She was not a problem in terms of anger or any of that. But it was hard. And it's hard. it was hard in the early days. You'd go into a place and mum would say something. Dad would say, no, 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 we didn't come here. You know, oh, we've been here before. No, we haven't. That sort of thing, you know. And then how did you... Did he talk or did you talk to him about it after how it was for him in that time no I don't think so not but I suppose you just have conversations through it a bit I don't think yeah he he did it talked a bit about it after mum I don't know it was even after mum died yeah well, he he didn't he didn't he tended not to want to go I don't think he wanted to really keep going back over it I mean he lived it he was a man that was sort of looked forward bloke of his era he had a lot more he was quite compassionate and and he didn't lose his cool much. He was pretty he was always pretty easygoing, that's the thing. That was and do you think he's looking back on his life and he suffered massively as a consequence because he couldn't have done the things or they didn't no, do the I things they could have done? I don't think he ever done? thought that. I don't think he ever, ever, ever thought that. 
No, I, I don't. He had, he had a couple of sort of girlfriends later when mum was in a nursing home. Not that, you know, just... Yeah, well, I think they they went they sort of proposed to him. You know what I mean? It wasn't he didn't do so much of the running. They ran two women, which was nice for his ego. I think it helped. We didn't mind. We mum didn't know so, and she wouldn't have minded anyway, really. You know, so that was nice. It sort of gave him a bit of a bit of female company, and and it's funny because they were. Both women were a little bit... So Dad re, was really social and Mum was too in her own. She was quieter but... And both these women were women who were drawn to a man who was very social because they were a little bit, I would say, tiny bit threads of spectrum on them. Those sort of people that don't find it that easy. Nice women, quite bright women, but they were both a bit like that. And Dad, Dad's the easygoing, you know, the social talk, you know, interesting. So he... So you can see, you can see why they were, and made you laugh, you know, and he laughed, you know. So it was, yeah, it was just, he was very at ease with people and could make people feel at ease. So you can sort of see why these women who were probably a little bit not as at ease and probably had, didn't always, it wasn't always easy for them socially, I think, you know. They were the two that he, <laughs> that he had a little flings with. And do you, what did you struggle with in that experience going back to you and your mum then? My, my feeling is that I think the anxiety of mum's anxiety of herself and the worry about herself as she was declining, I, I picked up. And I think I was because I was teenage to early adulthood and then I went overseas I mean, she was still okay, but there were little things all the time. And I think, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. You know, if I forget things, I'm like, <gasps> oh, God, God, God. You know, like, I don't want that. I don't want dementia, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't, it's just a, I, I, nobody put it on me. It's my, it's just my personality, I think. And I, I did, get, I certainly had an, an obsession about health. I've lot, let it go a lot more now. But my sister will say, oh, God, you're dreadful in your 50s. But how was the, how would it how did the anxiety manifest then? What do you uh, used to do where you well, go? I I more that I you know I got really had to be really green and you know everything was cancerous causing cancer you know I sort of obsess on it not I didn't it didn't come into every conversation or things like that but just in my life in the way and and you know natural products and you know cottons not you know I was really anything manufactured in you know, not of natural fibres or natural this or natural that. And I probably still have a bit of that. And that was not only mum, that was my friends, my experience with my friends having cancer, which, you know, a lot of people probably have had. You know, it's not as if that's a rare thing. It seemed, and especially when I had that in, the, in, my, in my early 30s, that I had three friends all at the same time that were diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, that really freaked me out. And so how did you process that then? Well, I think it stayed with me, the obsession with clean and worry about... Ca- I worried about cancer, I think, for quite a while. I mean, I don't think about it now so much. And when you say you worried about it, did you, well, did you do research? Did you kind of then think... Well, did you I didn't want lie to... lie awake at night and go, oh, my God, am I going to get cancer? Or it wasn't like no, that? No, no, not quite like that. It was more, let's, you know, the world's poisoning each other. You know, we're poisoning ourselves in the world. You know, I took it in... I always take it into big picture... And then, you know, I became a bit, you know, Dad told me I was an echo bore. 
because I was boring about, you know, I'd go on about the ecology and about, you know, well, we need to be this and we need to do that. So it was just, yeah, it was just a, it was a bit of obsessional. Not with that, not extensively and not till I drove people away, but family and people around me knew. And it, I didn't know it was an anxiety until much, much, it's sort of really these years that one of my sisters has said she sort of analysed it. <laughs> she said, you know, you know, when you look at it, I've had grumbling depression, Jane's had a bit of depression, and you've had anxiety. We've all had it all, all our lives. We've just dealt, you know, and it's true. But you don't, we, it wasn't diagnosed much in the end, too. You know, people had, now, it wouldn't be, I wasn't, I don't think I needed to have heaps of medication or anything. I just think, it, when I look at it, it was there. Because you're living with a slight anxiety about how's mum going to be today, you know, Oh, mum's okay. You're always, that's the other thing. Think of the worst and hope for the best. Always done that. So if I think of the worst thing, then I can cope. So it's... it's my it sounds like that's your coping mechanism. Yeah, then. that's the coping mechanism. And would you look back on that now and how do you, do you wish you... How well, different now, your life would have been if you... Not, not now, because obviously yeah, that's in the no, past. No. But if you reflect on your I, life, would you yeah. go... Yeah, I, I, we, and I see a bit... Because my daughter has, anxi- has a bit of anxiety... And I just think, oh, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't go down that route. You know, it's no, you don't want to keep, don't worry about what people think and don't worry about, you know, it's not worth it because it's not, it doesn't mean anything. And so, but everyone has to learn their own, have to learn their own journey, you know, whatever your journey is, your journey is. I've always had no trouble making friends. I'm always garnering friends and people. And that's probably been my outlet. So in a way... Takes away the thinking, to some degree, I would think. I don't, I don't sit and dwell, 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 dwell. I try and, you know, go out, and it's, and it's partly environment too. At times, I think I, you know, have to have space. You know, it's like Willie, really, I go to the beach and you've got open space. Somehow that stops the crowding of emotion and other things. So know. you were that out then? That was something that you yeah, needed no, to. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, no, that's why I think I've always liked open space, need a bit of open space. I couldn't live in a really crowded city because it's like I need that visual, it's sort of like a visual clarity and then the, it, I can let go the some but of you the... But before we started the mm. pod, you, you talked about, you did used to live in a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you must have on some level worked that out then that because yeah. no one can see now. You live on a yeah. No, no, that's what I'm beautiful saying. open. Yeah, um, I, th- I think on a farm and you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I know. I've needed. You know, it's taken me a while to. I like it. I I like the scent. I've always known I need. I can't stand a little house with no windows or any, you know not much window. I can't. I couldn't live in a little terrace. too. and I used to say, I hated. Megan said, "Remember when you used?" My sister said, "Remember when." went to Sunday school for a brief period in my life and mum and dad let us go I went to the Methodist, my sisters went to Church of England mum and dad weren't religious <laughs> and I'd come home and Megan said, remember you didn't like going because it was creepy church music you used to say, and she said you've always had a sort of you don't like enclosed spaces and, and, and sort of mm, you know a bit gloomy it was gloomy uh, so light has always been a big factor I think and that's helped then to do yeah. to, to yeah yeah to yeah I think that's 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 yeah definitely I think I've 
sort that. My mental health requires sp space. But you've worked out that they're out, yeah, so you, yeah, well, that's yeah, a good thing. Because yeah. if you think about it, if you didn't no, do that, no, well, your anxiety no. would have been... Yeah, isn't it? It is, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. On whatever level yeah. you had worked out, that's yeah. what you needed. Yeah, yeah. A bit embarrassed at times of other people, not all the time, but I was. I think me, my sister, middle sister, she... She was better. She doesn't. Uh, she's different personality, and she isn't phased. She's really practical, as well as not being stupid. She's bright, but she's practical and doesn't get. It doesn't feel the if, if there's an embarrassing. She it doesn't go. I feel that. Well, I think I it, I worry about it more than she does, about you know what other people think. And yet, so you weren't, as you said, you weren't somebody who was bothered what other people thought, just you. But with yeah. her, you were, you were very aware of, oh God, what's oh, that? Oh I've got yeah, to hear. yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think I am. I've been aware of, probably sometimes to my own, you know, to, you worry about what people think. I like to be liked, and I do find it quite hard to be assertive, in yeah, more than both my sisters, I think. And my younger sister, I think mum's thing probably affected her to some degree more. But I think, because she, she was the youngest, she saw it earlier in her life. She dealt with it earlier. Which is, I think, I think boyfriend stuff, I mean, she doesn't have a partner, never has had. But she, I think her confidence, she didn't have the confidence, which is a really, you know, I think for her, it's probably been, uh, it, it, yeah, it had... It had 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 an impact. And why do you think she never had a partner? I'd, I think she sort of, I think in the time when, it, you know, you're out there as a young person, and some people are shy. She was shy. She had, there was that whole overlay of mum and a level of responsibility, but a, a probably a dealing with mum's de decline, so probably emotionally a fair bit of energy going into that. She never, she said she never felt she was worthy of a man's attention much. You know, I mean, she's not to say she hasn't had the attention and stuff, but, you know, she's not, she doesn't have a partner. But, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, not very confident. And so I wonder about that in relation to... It does have an impact, you know. I, th I think watching watching mum and dealing with mum and, and thank, you know, dad did, dad did the, the... But we we always... We would visit we when we lived in Melbourne and Dad was in Sydney with Mum. We would we'd go up quite a few times, you know, all of us different times of year and give Dad breaks, and look after Mum and and then we had people, you know, there were people that came in and helped a bit and you know, there's Dad paid, but you know, so you could go out and meet a friend or something for lunch. Or, and do you think she thought, even though it's not you, so it's yeah. hard for you to project yeah. onto her, that maybe because she wouldn't find a man like your dad. Well, there's an element mom? of that too. There's an element of that definitely. I think, you know, all of us, you know, you know, David and I, I mean, we've been together for a long time, but yeah, because both my sisters haven't partnered. I think, I think it had a toll, yeah, I think. And Dad was so, he was really, he was a great father and he was, people loved Dad, Every, you know, because he was outgoing, he was, and he was kind, you know, and he was insightful, you know. I mean, he wasn't a... He wasn't perfect, but, you know, 
for a man of his generation saying, you know, looking after mum and saying, oh, look, I knew if the shoe, shoe was on the other foot, uh, the care I would have got. And that's pretty bloody insightful for someone in that era. And, you know, he's a man who loved to drink and go down the cl club with the boys. And he loved women too. He liked women. So he wasn't just a... But he could happily boo go to, you know, drink with the boys like he did every night, mostly. <laughs> Before he came home, mum would get cross. Oh, where's he? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, it was really... And it's interesting, my daughter said, she said, I'm so glad, she was about 20, she said... I had this, she had a train trip with Dad coming back from Geelong and she said they had a really good talk about Mum and other things in Dad's life, like a real adult. And she said I was always really grateful that I had that time with Stu, you know, that, that we actually had that, like an adult to adult, that she got to that age where he, she could have a real adult conversation with him over something, just the, just the two of them. So I was always really pleased that that happened. And have they ever talked to you about why they haven't, had a, ever partnered? We've talked about it. I think the conf there was a confidence, a lack of confidence a bit in both my sisters. And, and we, none of us have been... There was a bit of dad looking for a, for dad, you know, because he was... I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, I've always wondered that about us. Because there's a pattern there. There is a pattern. It's not like it's just one person. It's like my daughter. Anything. She's, she's well, no, I was going to come to that as well. No, so. she's not partnered. She's, she's not without experience, but you know she doesn't have a partner. And, I, and she's an attractive woman. I don't know, you know, I think, what is it in our family? It's really strange. But the common thing could be your dad because they all, you yeah. all looked up to him as being, yeah. wow, that's the man yeah. that I would want to be with. And so therefore, yeah. if people they meet don't live up to that yeah. which I don't I never met him clearly no but no from what you've described yeah. sounds like a pretty amazing man to be able to do what he well, did he, yeah. and you know I don't know what everyone's yeah. no no he was he was a very I mean he wasn't perfect by any means but as mum said but he was he was a great father he was he was you know he was an interesting man he was interested in things you know he you know he had a good sense of humor and there were stories he was a storyteller he was gregarious. I mean, he, had, he was a man of his time too, but he also wasn't. People loved, all our friends loved, loved Dad. But so I think, and we said, my sisters and I have said, well, you know, Mum wasn't around for all our, you know, Mum, Mum's, she had a fair bit of personality too, but she wasn't there in those years. You know, she, because of her decline, we didn't have her flavour as much in, in those years when we were in our late teens or in the 20s and, you know, up 30s even. So do you think that, that impacted you in terms of having a role model to look to as a woman or to, to kind of give you a sense of what, how to be? That may have then lost, lost confidence as a result of that? Well, it's a good question, actually. I don't know. Because I, I, I was the eldest and I got more of... Well, not that there was a huge gap between Megan and I, only 20 months, but I was, you know, she was... Meg was always sort of slower off the mark socially not not she was quieter and more pondery I was more outgoing so yeah I suppose I missed the I'm you know you didn't even because she was declining too you didn't is the other thing is that you're you aren't free to just go out and look you're actually mentally and emotionally tied into the worry of mum you know how's mum going you know like there's that there's that always that sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there a little bit. 
you know, it's not not every day. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a it was a confidence. I don't know. I don't know. It's just really interesting. It is fascinating because yeah. then I'm, I'm like, you know, and then there's you haven't said this. I go to often when something not bad, but something mm. this obviously mm. bad, but for you yeah. and your sisters doesn't pan out the way that it could easily have if she didn't have no 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 that's right that you carry some well god if she wasn't my mum was again inverted commas normal how would my life have been yeah did you ever have no no do your sisters have that no because people's no i don't don't think so but when we i think we say well but it would be easy too it would be very easy too but you know everybody has shit different sorts of shit yeah, but and that's it, pretty. I mean, again, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I and mean, we talked about it before the pod. Yeah. People, uh, absolutely. But you, that was pretty full on. It is. In terms it of was. the. Not so much, you know, it's not like someone dying, no, no. Uh, you know, when they're very young no, or no. whatever, or, or like going through really serious illness. Yeah. It's a serious in a different way. It's a slow thing. But I mean, more in terms of the impact it had on yeah. you. Yeah. Was. That's, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been on all of us. I think my sisters, I think the three of us, it was big. It was big. It was initially there was that you were a bit fearful, fearful because mum would forget things and you think, why she's she's left that thing, you know, da, da, little, little and and you'd worry and then you think, oh no, she's okay, it's fine because she's fine next. Time. You know, it's all those little. And I think I definitely think my anxiety about getting dementia is because of that because it's like, you know, every time I forget anything, oh fuck. I know, no, I haven't had a head injury. And I know my mother was in a nursing home by the time, you know, and she was younger than me. So it's not quite that. But there's this, that it's an anxiety. And I think that's where it comes from. And I don't need, you don't need me to tell you this, but that's totally normal. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Of course. It doesn't change that you don't feel that. Because of course you would, because that's again, it's a very human thing to do. But to carry that for as long as you had to, as you, again, we talked about this before. Everybody has their stuff to deal with in mm. life and their anxieties mm. on mm. varying levels depending on yeah, what they yeah, are. exactly. And depending, again, going back to if you're more of an yeah, overthinker, yeah. you're going to carry more of that than if yeah. you're not. But you had to constantly worry about the, it's something the, it's else the, and what does that mean to that, me? And that, I know it so well. It's that pit, little gurgly pit in your tummy feeling. That, so that's, an, that's oh, and you, and you listen. Oh, oh, she's okay. And your heart... You know, it was a bit like when my daughter had her breakdown. You know, if the voice, you hear the, if the voice is a little bit, you think, oh, God, is she all right? You know, like that's, and I, so I know I've had that again, but that's where it comes from. That's, it definitely comes from then. And I know, I, I sort of know that. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it didn't, you know, I, I, in, I didn't, I didn't think about it so much in my earlier years. But as I've got older, I sort of you can see, it's different from suddenly. Like my girlfriend, one of the ones I went overseas with, I was st- I still we're still in contact. Her mum just dropped dead in her fifties playing tennis, like like that, which is a bloody horrible too. And her dad, so she's had you know she's had those sorts of she had instant sort of sort of tragedy, which is you know like people do. It's not. It's the living in the ups and downs like that all the time. And it must be like people who have a long-term illness that ends up in death, that going through that 
all the time over years and years. It's so hard, I think. Completely the thing is, I'm, as you're talking, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm not going to sit here and say for one second that the persons who lost their, yeah. whoever no, this person was, instantly, no. is better that, has it better off than you did because yours was dragged out no, over, no. or dragged out, was no, over no. a longer period of time. Yeah. I'm not going to say no, that because no, I can't begin that. to understand their pain or what they went through. No, or anyone does that. Can't. But if I had to just listen to your yeah. story and whatever, that is full on to have to. Well, deal it's up with and it. Down yes, to have to. to, to oh, she's con- good today. Yes, oh. cons, but you're constantly dealing with your own stuff. Yeah. Your partner, your yeah. family, your yeah. s- your children, whatever, yeah. and work and whatever. Yeah. So all that, yeah. Like everybody who yeah, lives yeah. Yeah, in yeah, those yeah, kind of exactly. in, this, in, in this world. Yeah. And on top of that, yeah. you've got this other whole big piece which you yeah. have to deal with for. Yeah. Long, yeah. That's for long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like, and yeah. So I, I mean, I, I've been. Because we've, my sister, especially the middle sister, Megan and I have talked about it a bit in terms of, she said, you know, you've got anxiety, Kate, you know, da, da, da. And I thought, well, I've been neurotic about, I've been a lot actually better about health for years. But I was, uh, it's, and it's just that residual, I reckon now when I look at it, it's residual anxiety from then that it just takes different forms. But because it's like anxiety is something that it just likes to find a new <laughs> A new form, because once you have it, it seems to. It's like that's it, what the cancer. It's what you've. It's what you've learned. Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, exactly. I'm, it's all yeah. learned behavior that yeah. you've done for a. And again, it just I'm doesn't a, take I'm long. A master of it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. You, but, but it's almost totally understandable that. Yeah, you, yeah. Of course, you would be yeah. be like that. Yeah. You've got to hopefully learn to yeah. deal with it in different ways. That's well, up to that's you. Right. But yeah, it's not a surprise that you've got anxiety no. and that comes up and creeps up and manifests itself and in I different never, ways I never I never realised I had until really really recently when we've I think since Leah's breakdown and my sister we you know she she was involved a bit you know because she was living staying with her for a while that that we that we've really looked at our own Megan when she retired because she took on a, um, you know, she could retire early because she'd been in the public service forever. In the old days, we'd get really good payout, really good pension. But she ended up having some counselling because she was said, I, I, I wasn't doing retirement properly. That's how she... And she'd gone to talk to this guy because she was feeling flat and pretty bit low. And she said, decided she'd go and see a counsellor. And the woman says, well, what do you mean doing it properly? You know, what is, you know, so she helped talk, give Megan strategies for just saying, you know, you can do this, yeah, doesn't matter. You, there's no right way to do, do retirement. You don't have to worry about it. Just you, you be, you know. I mean, the thing is, there's a phrase I, I've used this because it's come to me and it really, for me, defines who I am mm. and I, I, it makes sense to me which is know who you are and know what you want yeah. now what who I am as a person yeah. what what what's important to me and what I want in my life yeah. whatever those things are it's not gonna be the same as you no so to, to, to I'm, what I'm saying you can get what I'm, yeah. I'm saying is there's no right or wrong for retirement it's no you just gotta know who you are what do you want out of retirement yeah yeah what do you need what's yeah. important to you yeah some people it's to go and perhaps just sit yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Other people it yeah. would be to go and travel and do as many and, things as you possibly could. there are people who would never, ever, ever think about it. You know, they would just do it. 
And I mean, I, you know, for some people who say, oh, we, I want to be just one of those people who just... I said, the other thing is people who've got imagination. The more imagination you have, the more you worry about things because you can project and you can think and you can, oh, that might have... Whereas people who are a bit not, not very imaginative, who can be quite bright, but they're just not very imaginative, they just do A to B and, you know, they deal with it as it comes. And it's, you know, people have shocking things happen to them and, and they overcome it or whatever they do. But it doesn't... It's, yeah, it's the... I do think imagination is one of the factors in it. I can back that up because I've got a great imagination. <laughs> yeah, so oh, we have too. Yeah, you know, so I've got I... a good imagination. And, yeah, and, and I, that's what I've observed in my limited observations of people who, yeah, because some, some people have shocking things and they, but they, bloody amazing, they just bounce up like a, you know, ever-ready bunny. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I have the yeah. same thing I, or in, in terms yeah. of people that I know who've had yeah. exactly the same as you've described. Yeah. And yet I will. I have conversations again going back to my brother yeah. recently where I've said, and he said, why, are you, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that could happen? Yeah. Because why is that even a possibility mm-hmm. for you? And I went, I've just imagined that could happen. Yeah, exactly. That's a possibility. And, that's, and I reckon it's about emotional imagination too. So you know how some people are have imagination that's like, you know, all sorts of it's 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 but it might be land you know color of a landscape you know sort of that sort of image or but that emotional imagine if you've got emotional imagination that's what i reckon that, that it's because you can imagine being in that position or that position or that position or you can even if you aren't in it you can under you think you can understand a good sense of what that person's going through yes. and so therefore you can project oh that could happen to me because I, I, I found that really chilling or really difficult. <gasps> Whereas people, there are a lot of people who don't, can't do that. Too. No, and that's interesting because I've not thought of it in that way, the mm. way you described emotional mm. intelligence, even though I'm aware of that phrase. Yeah, but the that's way what just, emotional intelligence The way that we just described it, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's like people who are em- empathic, they see a person and they and talk to them and they so they emotionally can walk in their shoes. I would say... Those people can't walk in the shoes of others. And it's like when I talk about people slightly spectrum-y who are, can be very bright, very nice, very charming, but have sometimes a little bit like that. Time. Just immediately, they, they don't go... They, so they can, they can cut off things. They can close it off because they're not walking that man's shoes or that woman's shoes, walking along with them. And that's what emotional imagination is. Emotional intelligence is. It's holding their hand and walking their path in your head that's spot on because yeah. I've got, um, one of my kids is on mm. he's got ADHD yeah oh. and so the way you, uh, it's sort of on that spectrum isn't it yeah it's but like, you but, but that's, not, that's that's it's that, different it's a sort of yeah but yeah. that but the way you described it is brilliant mm, yeah. because they don't no. they can't walk and no. be and see what no. your what I see and mm. you see yeah and you don't that that part of their brain yeah. just doesn't exist. It's just not no, there. No, they're exactly. never going to. They're never going to have no. access so to that. So they don't get. They don't go through that. Like you know, we can. I just know David. Oh, like it's even watching things or something. Oh, I'm weeping and because I'm there with that person, I'm walking. You know, <laughs> you know I can't. It isn't just. The, they. I think and, and and David's very imaginative and all those things. But it's an emo, It's that empathetic. Empathic. It's very different. It's, that. Really, it's very different. Yeah. It's, you can't, you've got it or you haven't got it. I would say walk in the shoes of others. So people, that's good yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it back because you sort of think about 
can they be that person in their head? And you can, I can, other people I know can, and other people can do a bit of it, and other people can't do it in. Yeah. They've got no imagination, full stop, he hasn't. So, you know, they've got no capacity to understand, even attempt to understand what it must be like to be that person. Yes, and what I'm learning more and more, particularly in the podcast, is yeah. when you meet people yeah. who have that ability yeah. to emotional, have emotional intelligence, yeah. the connection between, if you yeah. do, is that much greater. Yeah, because exactly. you understand on another level... Yeah the way that you yeah. see the world. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not the same as other people. And no, no. Well, I think that's why anxiety happens too a bit because you t- it's an emotional journey <laughs> much more than for other people. Like, you know, I can watch, oh, weeping because I'm there. You know, M- Megan says, you don't have to be the dying sheep, Kate. <laughs> when <you're laughs> You don't have to be the sheep that's dying. You know, you can see a dying sheep, but you don't have to get into that sheep's clothing and lie there and die with the sheep. But that's how that's you... exactly. But that's how you feel. And exactly. And that's what she doesn't. Yeah, but the thing is also, and I would say, yeah, there are varying degrees of this. Of course. And I would, and again, people I've talked yeah. to and people on my podcast, yeah. where I would say the more connected you are uh, yeah. to how you feel... yeah. I think the more enriched your life is. Yeah. There are going to be consequences as a result of yeah. that because yeah. you watch yeah. a film which is upsetting yeah, exactly. and you'll cry more than other people yeah. because you feel so connected to yeah, what's happening. Exactly. But you're connected yeah. to how you feel. Yeah, no, You're in touch yeah. with that. Yeah. And I think that can hold you back as you've described and I can yeah. relate to that. In some yeah, ways yeah. it stopped me from doing things because I've worried about, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? Yeah. And how's that person going to react? Yeah, exactly. And whatever. All of that. But... I would choose to be yeah. Well, I, I, how I am in that I, way. I've, I've, in my family, I'm, the con- I'm definitely the connector and always have been and had, I find it really easy to meet, meet and greet, as they said, um, make friends. I've never had a problem because I read other people and I can bend to be, to, to make, you know, I mean, they, maybe someone I think, oh, well, I'm not particularly close to them. But I'm not going to be nasty. So I'll, they'll say something and I'll, oh, oh, and, and lead it around. You know what I mean? So anything, you know, and there are people, you know, I'm, so I've never, ever, that's one thing I feel totally confident about is it doesn't worry me if I have to meet someone or, you know, I never get any anxiety about meeting a new person. Exactly the same. You're describing me. And also the way you've described in a conversation. I had it recently with somebody who said something that I didn't agree with at all. Yeah. And there are times when I will. Yes, exactly. There are other times when I. You make a decision about it. Yes. And I go, you know what? In this situation. Yes. In this situation, you choose your battles to fight, like people say with your kids. But in this situation, I chose, you you know what? I'm just going to steer the conversation around because it doesn't. I understand where he is and who he is. Yeah, but you can. I'm going to yeah. do that yeah, because exactly, exactly. I sense that feels right that, for me. Yeah, and that's going in a direction. I don't and that's the intelligence that. that you have to have yeah. to be able to understand people and connect yeah. with what's going on. And because yeah. you want to pick a fight, I, of course I can pick a fight. And it, it's interesting because it does dictate the sort of um, quite often the work you do. Like I think of the work that I, I mean, originally I trained as a primary teacher and I did a bit of that, and then I did all sorts of things, but I'm always people. So, and then I worked in community theatre and it was just, I had to go out and get all the bookings. So I just drive around my car and, you know, so it's all, you know, I'm not Gabby, I'm not particularly a good public speaker or anything, but people, 
I could I could chat to people and try and sell what we you know say we're going to do this little community theatre blah 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 blah. So if I look at all my work, it's about connection. And then going when I'm in the country and I got in, into early intervention, but again it was linking finding people that I could work that that we could have a team that worked for the and I could get on with the families and I'd say oh a prob I'm a good problem solver emotional problem solver and problem solver like oh we could do this we could do that how could I get that I could manage to you know so it's all it and that's what I'm good at. I reckon. But then you're describing me as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly how I describe myself. Yeah. It's interesting. I never thought of the, and as you're talking, it must be that emotional intelligence it is. because you understand people in a in and that way, know, and you can bring them together. And you can you meet you much like when going with a fa to meet families about their kids and stuff, and you know, you can read read just chatting to them. You, you know, you think I'm not going to, we'll go this way. And they might be very good at what they do. It's a journey. It's a journey, And I do yeah. believe that. And I think yeah. that as you're talking, what a bit of it went, well, some people can get yeah. great results because they just say it. Well, yeah, and no, they're direct. no, that's true. But, and then mm. the other way you're talking, which is the way I can be as yeah. well, there's a bit more of a meander. Meander, Which yeah. will take longer to yeah. get there. Yeah. But I think it's the results, yeah. I believe, I don't know, this is not always no. going to be the case, depends on no. the experience, but the results would be potentially greater because you've learned to understand yeah. and they've the person, whoever it is you're talking yeah. to, feels more comfortable That's with you. That's right. It's about And the, I think the end result would be, trust, I believe, I would be, yes, trust is really yeah. important, I believe would be greater yeah. than the, yeah, well, I'm going to say it like it is, yeah. even though I may have a great yeah. answer and I'm yeah. very smart and personal yeah. and I can articulate yeah. myself really well, blah, blah. Mm. So, yeah, and no, I... Yeah, it's about, and yeah, feeling it. Yes, you have <coughs> got to do that. You've got to sort of feel it. Yeah. And, and sort of gauge a bit of react. I don't know, it's just, you know, you have it or you don't. And in front of, and this is the first time this conversation, mm. I've mm. properly, which is great, mm. so I thank you for that, is to mm. really get a grasp of. Yeah. Of what that really means. Yeah. I was aware of it because I know it's my skill. That's what yeah. I, so I am. Well, it's a great, I reckon it's a great yeah, skill. Yeah, it is. I have. think it's a really good skill to have. Yeah. And I know people have told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I like I love doing this mm. because yeah, I've got exactly. that skill. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, exactly. You can't I, you can't learn it. I don't no, believe it. You, no, no, you, it's, it's, there. it's naturally, it's naturally in you, there. and, yeah, yeah. and no, you can you can learn aspects of it, yeah. but the core of what it represents it it's it's mm. in you. Mm. It's who you are. Mm. And and in that is there that emotional imagination too that has to be. I think. So I know when I was working with families, and I'd, I'd sort of pro I'd problem solve things that we didn't have. Like, oh, how can I, how can we get this? You know, how can I bring in this? So it's sort of like have a few ideas. That's where I think I've I had I've got good I've had good skills. Well, you like me, so yeah. I can pick yeah, that out so straight can, away. Yeah. So I can see exactly what you're saying, get it yeah. totally, and go. Yeah. I, I don't have to question anything that's just come out of your mouth. No. I know you're spot on. I yeah. know you're right. And yeah. I could almost again going back to what we talked about before. Yeah. As you're talking, I can picture me being yeah. where you were. Yeah. So I know yeah. exactly what you I know. Yeah. I know that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. No. Great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, good, 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 good. I didn't imagine for one second that this would be how I. But no, but my no. laboured. <laughs> no, not at all. But I know, but this, even when I started talking to yeah. you and where we. Yeah, with me. Where, we, where we went. Yeah. Where this. Yeah. This bit? Yeah. This is gold. Yeah. Because I think. Yeah. Because if you are listening, when yeah. people do listen, yeah. 
there'll be people out there who also have emotional intelligence. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who'll yeah. go, I oh, God, I know exactly, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Exactly. That's who I am. Yeah. Or they'll go, Gosh. Yeah. Or, or even if they don't know that, they'll listen mm. to that and go, actually, I'm like that. Mm. I never thought of it in that way. Mm. Yeah. Because I did know that, yeah. but I didn't yeah. think of it quite the way you've described no. it, which is great. Yeah. So that goes back to why why am yeah. I doing this podcast? Is because yeah. I want people to listen to this yeah. and to learn something, something about themselves. And also other people. Yeah. Even if you don't have it. No. Then you understand you, well, you're people, understanding another lot of people. You're understanding human yeah, beings think, better now. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not listening to my podcast, then you're mm. not really interested in understanding people. Yeah. So that's yeah. fine. It's not yeah. for you. No. But if you are, yeah, then you'll, you definitely yeah. would have learned something yeah. now. So thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's been great. Yeah. No, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susan said, "Oh, you'll enjoy it." <laughs> yes. No, I, I hoped you would. Um, yeah. So I'm just pleased yeah. that you did. Thank you for listening to More Real. I truly hope you've enjoyed the experience and that you will continue to be here to explore real life with me. If you have, please tell anyone you know about More Real. If you've enjoyed listening and learned something, then I would be so grateful if you could leave a five-star review, as this will help other people to find this podcast. I'm very grateful, as always, for your support.